It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. It's the best of the worst. B movie breakdown. They're like introducing all these GI Joe ripoff guys, and you never remember any of their names because, like, what characterization do they get? Then I remember, and they show the one like bald guy with the glasses and mustache, and this is SD. I wrote as in small dick. (laughs) (laughs) He looked like he'd have a small dick. Like SD for special delivery, and then at the end, or near the end, when he throws a grenade, when what's his name is trying to get in there to blow up the laser thing, he's like, special delivery from small dick. It'd <laughs> be funny if, he, if for some reason he said, small dick from special delivery. <laughs> <laughs> and he just pulls down his pants and stands there as the camera just is like... <gasps> And then the black guy can just pick everybody up and throw them and act like they're dead. And hurt hurt people with burlap sacks. He beat so many people with a burlap sack. I was so confused. Well, I guess we should probably start Yes, we should. Yeah, we can throw some of this in there, whatever. Yeah, I guess you could go back and edit it. You know, Welcome to this week's episode of B-Movie Breakdown, episode number five. Five time, five time, five time, five time, five time, WCW champion, sucker. Dan, you didn't even do a spin rooney Well, I don't have room here. There's drums in the way. That's very true. That is very true. Well, the B-Movie Breakdown, where it's a weekly podcast, we find humor and enjoyment in low-budget and lesser-known films of the past and present. Home of the good, the bad, and the what the fuck. Uh, each week's movies... Will be revealed prior uh, in the prior week in the prior episode, so you can join in uh, with us as well. You can listen to us if you subscribe on iTunes, on our website bnbpodcast.com, or on Stitcher. You can reach us on our site or our email bnbpodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at bnbpodcast, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash bnbpodcast. Send us your suggestions for movies, thoughts on the movies we've watched, uh, or whatever else you want to say to us. Somebody left a very tasteful comment on one of our episodes not long ago. Uh, that was their own opinion. They're entitled to it. Well, I mean, basically, very... I think the person just felt like we should have been enjoying be movies for what they are rather than looking at the goofiness they're in and saying, ha that's goofy, or not liking it because of the, some of the conventions of the horror genre that get used in there. And to be honest, even watching like more legit horror movies, I still have to stop and laugh at the stupid conventions oh, yeah. that happen in there. Oh, what's this terrible noise? Somebody's obviously trying to kill me. I better go deeper into the house instead of running for my fucking life. And we've no, and always, and the thing is, they mentioned something about us not liking the movie or something for whatever reasons. And I really don't think we ever said we didn't like it. I, I feel like yeah, we, I, I, feel I like said we, we didn't like it as much as Troll too, but. Then coming off of something that funny, of course we weren't going. To. Yeah, and uh, we usually tend to enjoy all these movies, even as bad as they are. We find we're finding the enjoyment in the in the movies. So. I almost want to go back and rewatch Land of Doom when at first I just wanted to kill myself <laughs> when I was watching it. So you know, if I like Land of Doom after all that, I'm pretty sure we we don't like despise these movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you may have noticed our intro theme song we mentioned real quick by Jonathan Mann. His website JonathanMann.net. You can 
find him on YouTube. Song a day, man. Does a song a day. Man, and it has been for over one thousand three hundred days. So uh, that's pretty awesome. So he's like well over CM Punk's title reign. Yeah, definitely. You should fight CM Punk at Survivor Series. <laughs> There's probably more. He's probably deserves it just as much as the other two. Uh, we are record this from the Three Rivers Art Council facility in Manuka, Illinois. They are a nonprofit organization dedicated to the arts in the greater Manuka Shannon area. If you want to donate to the arts in a small town. Go to threeriversarts.org, hyphen between all the words. So Hyphens yeah. are crucial. Hyphens are crucial. Just like, oh, well, there were no hyphens in, this, in the title of our movie this week. But the movie this week. <laughs> <laughs> the hyphen order, hyphen of hyphen. The Black Honestly, Eagle. Honestly, I wouldn't expect anything less from these people. Order of the Black Eagle, 1987 uh, B-movie. I was almost going to say classic, but I don't know how many people have ever really heard of this movie. I'm sure there are some. I'm sure this was run on... Let's say USA up all night at some point. Yeah, or, Channel Fifty. Yeah, or um, maybe no TNT in its early years. Or yeah, something like yeah, that. I could see that. They didn't have. Much, I know they were like all about the Iron Eagle movies back then. Yeah, so they didn't have much programming, so maybe they threw this gem on to the uh, <laughs> the channel here. Well, this movie, <coughs> it may. It's about a spy whose name is Duncan Jacks, and he's played by a guy, Ian Hunter. He must stop neo-Nazis from destroying communication satellites and awakening Hitler from a cryogenic sleep. <laughs> Jacks assembles a band of dirtiest fighters in the world to do it. I'm so gonna, he doesn't even assemble. They're already there. Yeah. Like, hey, you fucked up. Want to join us? Okay. I'm going to go with the review here on IMDb that I found, and I'm going to go ahead and say, or the Black Eagle... If the if this if I had to put a review in the box, it'd be best movie to ever feature a baboon. <laughs> I think that was deserving enough to uh, go on the type on the box for the movie. I'm pretty sure this never got a DVD release. If it did, I'd probably shit my pants because there's plenty of stuff that's not on DVD that deserves to be, and crap like this uh, should not be on DVD. But this movie is apparently a sequel to a movie called Unmasking the Idol, though. This movie came out before the movie is a sequel to. Yeah. So they act like you're already supposed to know who this super spy, super secret agent uh, Duncan Jax is, and you have no backstory, no nothing for this guy. He's just yeah. Duncan I wonder Jax. if like the only reason they they did two films. I guess they did the other one first and then this one. But this the second one, Order of the Black Eagle, got released first. I wonder if the only reason they could get like a distributor on it was because they were doing like. A, a cheesy attempt at like G.I. Joe or something and then like oh okay well this one did like alright for a movie like this so we'll put out the first one second now <laughs> well the- it's almost like how Fox screwed over Firefly like oh we'll save the two hour pilot for last yeah. get to know the characters before <laughs> or after you already know the map has <laughs> and also I gotta say if this guy, who's supposed to be, I guess, like a fake British spy because he's terrible at doing the accent, oh, he has, they, they he, should have stuck with his real-life name of Ian Hunter because that sounds more British than Duncan Jacks. Yeah, Duncan Jacks sounds like this overly American, like, Max Power type of name. <laughs> like, Duncan Jacks. He'll stop off for Dunkin' Donuts in the morning and then dunk the villains in the river of hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this guy, his accent at times sounded British, and other times sounded like borderline Scottish. 
Yeah, like he was like, trying to channel Sean Connery. Yeah, like or something. <laughs> it really <laughs> sounded like he was trying to channel Sean Connery at times, and he and he is like a Bond type of ripoff, and it's the worst. He's the worst spy. He is the worst Bond ripoff. Well, here's something you want to do if you want to have a even a want to be British super spy. You don't give them a wacky animal sidekick or have them get away in like Da Vinci's little plane thing from the Renaissance. <laughs> I want to. Okay, before we get into this, this movie has the most bizarre Wikipedia page, and I don't know, I'm assuming, whoever took the time to type this up, I'm assuming a lot of this stuff is true, I mean, based on when you read the stuff in the credits of the movie, but it mentions how uh, Leonard Worth Keeter III directed it in Shelby, North Carolina, at Earl Owensby Studios, and the surrounding area. Okay, alright, this is, why is this in the very first paragraph of the wiki page? And then it goes on to say, Betty J. Stevens, John Allen Stevens, Ph.D., and Robert P. Eaton co-produced the film. It just shows, no matter how smart you are, you can still make really shitty And then movies. it goes on to say, Eaton, whose only marriage from 1965 to 1969 yeah. was the six of seven marriages for Lana Turner, yeah. who, who was president of Polo Players, that's the studio pointed out, partnered with Earl Owensby Studios to launch the two film project. Yeah, I love it. It was really a polo players club that decided to make these movies produced by Polo Players LTD. Uh, this wiki page is the weirdest wiki page for anything in existence. I can't I don't it. understand why they give you the born on dates for every actor. Yeah. And then Ian Hunter, born approximately 1949. Yeah, circa. We don't know because he's just that epic. That was when his mother found him floating down the Nile in the basket. <laughs> Maybe this is like their one little stab at fame. Like, well, I'll put everything. It even has. It even has as the baboon's name, Typhoon. As Boone the baboon. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, Quite the clever neighbors these guys. Yeah, and Flo Hyman. Yes. <laughs> a name that I <laughs> genuinely got a chuckle out of. But Flo Hyman, who was a uh, named Spike, who was a knife-wielding mercenary in this movie, and she was a silver medalist on the 1984 Women's Olympic Volleyball Team, hence the name Spike. But she died before the film was completed. Yes, unfortunately, we won't be visited by Flo Hyman anymore. And if you noticed, uh, Spike was not really in the ending battle sequence, really. A little bit. She barely, a little bit. Yeah, she didn't really have a whole lot of presence, so maybe they filmed too much of that after she had passed away. I really Maybe. don't know. I like what it says Tony Elwood as a cameo as Hitler. Oh, I don't know who Tony he Elwood he, is. How is it a Hitler cameo? Hitler didn't even have a real person. He was obviously like a wax dummy in an iron lung the couple times that they showed him. But then, and the, and the, the credits it says an Adolf Hitler as himself. Yeah, and all the... Uh, and in the beginning, they show all the Hitler clips, and it's all just stock footage of yeah, Hitler. Yeah, It's nothing... I don't know. It's so weird, because it says, like, Ian Hunter, who had been living in Santa Barbara, is a native of Winston-Salem. He had attended Governor's School of North Carolina, the North Carolina <laughs> School all- of the Arts, and the University <laughs> of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Why is this information on here? <laughs> it also says below about John Allen... Well, everybody Allen's- knows he's North Carolina Corps. Yeah, and it says about John Allen Stevens, one of the producers, is the husband of Betty J. Stevens. Stevens. In 1987, they lived in Santa Barbara. Okay, thanks. Johnny (laughs) Stevens founded Excel Mineral Company in 1949 in California. What does this have to do with this movie? And eventually, in the 1950s, Stevens launched Johnny Cat Litter. (laughs) 
Okay. okay. <laughs> Well, I guess they figured after making these shitty movies, they needed to clean up some shit somehow. Yeah, I just don't... I don't get... And in the bottom, there's, like, notes, and it says, like, there's notes about Robert P. Eaton and about how he... This guy was, like, influenced by Howard Hughes. Did he even... This guy didn't... He interviewed Howard Hughes. Oh, he interviewed Howard Hughes. Uh, And then about... And then stuff about cryogenics. There's, like, weird notes about the Eaton's family and stuff like this. Why is this shit on the bottom of this page? It really has nothing to do with this Everything movie. you never wanted to know about a movie you never wanted to see. Exactly. But the second I saw the cover for this movie, I wanted to see it because it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, so, yeah, in the beginning we mentioned they show the Hitler uh, stock footage. And they're telling you about the... Uh, the Germans in World War Two and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of all that footage, it says they said it could never happen again. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> this is really weird. And instantly, they're in Geneva, Switzerland, and they're at this uh, some sort of public speaking event or something that's I going almost- on. Oh, no, because the Nobel Prize would be up in Sweden. I almost feel like it was supposed to be something like that. Yeah. And there, that you have Dr. I for, Dr. George Brinkman, the world's foremost expert on lasers. <laughs> and ninjas. <laughs> yes, Nazi ninjas show up to abduct him. Who just start just <laughs> obliterating everybody in the crowd. But they come in as ninjas, but they just use machine guns all the time. <laughs> I call bullshit. Yeah, and they're just wiping out people in the crowd. They don't ever show anybody dying, but they're... No, everybody was just ducking. Like they Everybody really... was ducking, but the guy on the stage, they show later on, and he's just going back and forth, <laughs> like just shooting everybody for whatever reason. Going through the motions. Yeah, and then I'm just like, okay, they're just going to kidnap this old man, I guess. I, I mean, you don't really understand what's going on at this like point. Like, they attach him to, like, a harness rope thing that's hanging from a helicopter and then take off. And a guy kills the last of the ninja guys that are on the ground. You wouldn't think he'd take aim with his machine gun and at least try to cut the rope by shooting <laughs> at it and save the guy. Nope, he just stands there and watches him like, fuck, I guess they got away with him. And this is just the beginning of, like, some of the poor editing in this movie. It just cuts straight to Washington, D.C., but the music is like, like Washington DC like I was like okay why are we so excited to be here home of the Masonic conspiracy (laughs) and and then there's this like small little sub thing in the beginning with Arabs and them with their diamonds. Oh yeah, this this box of like supposed diamonds that are obviously just like little oversized glass beads you'd put in the bottom of a fish tank. Yeah. Like these three Arab guys, one of them extremely fat, just like have to wander in there and oh, they tried to take my precious from me and then <laughs> put the lid back on the box and put a giant glass cover that's not attached to anything over the box <laughs> and because goes, that makes it secure. And he somehow. goes, uh, if if these are missing, I'll cut all your tongues out. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, this is I really don't understand why this is happening. I thought it was going to be a crucial plot point because they focused on it from the beginning of the movie. Nope. But nope. And then all of a sudden, Duncan Jacks is here. He's peeking through this giant vent, this giant vent that any adult could fit through. He's just peeking through it, head full in view. Anybody can see him. And like, if you're so worried about security, why would you ever have a vent this large that any asshole could get into? But nope. There he is. He just lowers the thing. And because they don't have the budget for these ladies, 
lasers. He puts on glasses and then sees like you know fake green beams across the floor for a minute and then just takes them off and like oh they're gone again. <laughs> so he goes like doing these exaggerated like I know they weren't they weren't like right on the floor they're up a little bit. He's doing like these exaggerated steps over them like he's trying to step over the top rope of a wrestling ring. <laughs> Well, I what I okay. This is the first time we're seeing Duncan Jacks. We don't. We have yet to hear his name. We don't know who this. We just have to assume that you've seen the trailer mm-hmm. or something, so you know who Duncan Jacks is. So you, or just okay. they're really racist. And, oh, Arabs are the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, Maybe these are their diamonds, and they want them kept safe because so, they're theirs. So you're but supposed no, to think Arabs this, are the bad guys. You're supposed to think this guy is like a badass super secret agent, and he fucks the shit up. <laughs> no. He takes off his glasses that let him see the laser beams and set him down on the thing. Then he lifts the glass cover off to look and make sure he's got the diamonds and knocks his own glasses down into the laser path which sets off the alarm. You asshole! You fucking asshole! And he's just like, well, oh well. So then he like stands in front of the door, waits for it to open, and waits a good few seconds to where they could have shot him, but they could have shot him, but no, just let him kick me instead. No, and then he, as he's going to escape, he yells, Start the plane! And there's a baboon in a tuxedo that starts the little miniature plane for him. Yeah, the Da Vinci thing that nobody would ever be able to fucking use anyway, or make their getaway in it when people are shooting at them. No, because it would go so slow. You breathe on it wrong, it's going to fall apart, but nope, this is my super spy gadget. Somehow gets away. And then they just zoom in on the Arab guy screaming for about a minute and a half. <laughs> He's just screaming. and uh, Like, there's so many weird choices of camera positioning and cuts in this movie. They'll focus on people for a long time when they're not even doing anything. Like, long cuts. Like, somebody, like, he'll be like, all right, you're going to go over there. Okay, let's go. And then they'll go to the person who he just told to go somewhere of them just standing there. And then them walking away. It's like really long cuts. It happened at the end of the movie, too, when they're like, good job, everybody. Let's go. And they show everybody slowly walk away. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, well, this is like, well, it gets to fill time. We killed all the neo-Nazis. No need to run now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then when he shows up at this party, well, you don't know just, whose party this he is. He just lands his shitty little Da Vinci plane right in their yard. And the valet's like, you can't park that here. And then <laughs> the baboon puts up, like, fisticuffs. No, he, like, he puts up, like, the one fist with his arm over, like, his bicep, like he's, like, going, like, up your ass. Yeah. This is, like, one of, like, the two moves this thing does in the whole movie. It either gives you, like, the fist up your ass or, like, sticks his tongue out at you. Yeah. Oh, that cheeky little and bastard. And he does the fist... And the valet is like scared of it, like instantly scared. And then, I, and then there's so much ADR in this movie. There's so much added in voiceovers, like in the background and stuff. So many times. And this is like one time where people are talking about the baboon, and, one, and the one person's like, "Is that a baboon? Oh my god!" And like nobody's <laughs> talking. Everyone's standing around. And you don't see anybody's mouths moving, but yet all this chatter's going on. And it happens so many times. Like later on, there's that boat chase scene, and, and the boats are going, and the one guy, they're just standing in the boat and they and it's kind of a closer shot and the one guy goes oh my gun's jamming yeah 
Oh, that happened at least twice in the movie where this guy should have been dead, but didn't because a bad guy's gun just happened to jam at the best possible time for him. Yeah, it did, it did happen later on too. Ugh. But when it happened, then like the guy, they were they clearly wasn't saying anything, and he just and then all of a sudden this voice just goes, "My gun's jamming." Yeah, <laughs> like it happened so many times where they added in voiceovers for whatever reason in the background. I I I don't I don't know. I don't know why at all. And uh, I, then I didn't understand why that guy was mad at Duncan Jacks. The guy who, who was star, who was hosting the party, star, who was like the leader of their organization or whatever. He gives him the diamonds and he's like, here, I got him or whatever. And the guy's like, and he's like all mad and he just shakes his head in disappointment at him as he carries the baboon inside. Because I was really, really confused. Because you can't be the badass hero unless you're constantly ruffling feathers, even though there's no reason for anybody to be <laughs> mad about what he's done. Yeah, and they constantly show Boone. Anytime they show the, the baboon, he's always waiting to fight or flipping somebody off. Yeah. Like he, they run into uh, Tiffany Youngblood. <laughs> Or he sticks his tongue out and they dub in the fart sound and that's that's the sole the sole inventory of the thing that the stupid fucking monkey does. <laughs> so yeah, so they, when they run into Tiffany Youngblood, which is the next scene, it may... Well, it's the next day, and he's driving yeah. He's driving his car with the baboon onto, like, I'm assuming a different house, like private property, going down, like, this long dirt road across, like, this uh, field with lots of trees in it. It's fenced in. Well, she... This other agent decides to just, like, completely run in front of him on horseback and, like, cut him off. So he has to kind of break and swerve a little bit and then stop and look at him like he's the asshole. Like, and then really? the monkey flips her off. Yeah. I was like, what like, the hell? This baboon is always wanting to fight people for whatever reason. Well, she really was in the wrong there. I can understand Yeah, that's that. true. So that, this, is, this is when we're introduced to Tiffany Youngblood, which is a great name. <laughs> and then Star. They finally tell you what this guy's name is, which is, what a shitty name for this guy. <laughs> He's like the leader of this G.I. Joe-esque organization, this like spy agency, and that's his name, I don't give Star. Him, give him a better code name than that. My God, how about like Nightshade? Or at least like... Even just have a name like Charlie's Angels. They had Charlie. All right, whatever. Charlie's not the greatest thing, but it's better than Star. Yeah. And there's no explanation to why his name is Star. Maybe in the original there was, but I guess if we were watching this as these movies came out, we would have known nothing about what happened in the original movie. Uh, you know, I kind of feel the same way about Cloud from Final Fantasy VII. All who know it fear the name of Cloud. Well, Connor McCloud. That's, is that's like, a last yeah. name. It's not a first yeah, name. You don't true. name a kid Cloud. That's ever. true. <laughs> Unless now, I guess, in these Final Fantasy geeks finally start. Oh, hey, Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So. It, they go through the house, kind of, this, like, agency, secret agent house area. Uh, but before that, they show the Nazis in South America, which, for whatever yeah. reason, the Nazis show South America for their new I think they hideout. did, like, a narration for that, didn't they? Or did Star explain it to them? Like, oh, the, the remnants of the Nazi movement have assembled into a neo-Nazi thing, and they've moved their headquarters down to South America, where they have Hitler frozen. And yeah. It sounds so G.I. Joe. It's like yeah. 
ridiculous. Yeah, very, very G.I. Joe. I mean, it made in 87, so it makes sense. So we're introduced to Baron, who is the main bad guy, which at this point they didn't say his name, so I just wrote down Fat Guy with Eye Patch. Yeah, I was like Dom DeLuise, basically, with an eye patch. And then Dr. Kurtz, who... They have this whole discussion about, like, you have plans? You can't have plans. And I didn't know they were talking about, like, evil plans. I thought he was just mad at him for having something to do later on. Because the way they were talking about it, they were as if, like, how dare you have plans? And then then he goes on to say, like, I'm the only one that can make plans. And then it makes sense. But the way they're talking is, like, an argument between two people about who, like, you were supposed to do something with me, and now you're doing something with somebody else. You can't go out tonight. You have to take the kids. Yeah. I have to work. And then um, then when they cut back to the office, which is like the super secret agent, whatever thing, uh, he, Star has that like cigar, fake cigar box that's really a communicator. Who does he really communicate with other than Tiffany Youngblood? Who and, knows? And he, she's in like the next room. Yeah. I don't really understand. And then when she formally meets him inside, oh, we've met already. I'm disappointed in you, Jax. Why? You cut him off, you goofy bitch. <laughs> and he's always carrying uh, the... Oh, oh, I hope you'll be the best of friends. And Jax is like, right, like oil and water. Like, oh, nothing like this fake sexual tension thrown <laughs> yeah. in here. And he's always carrying and the And then she says something else, and she's like, shall I scrub myself and disinfectant first? Like, what the fuck? Are you, yeah. are you that dirty that you're like, yeah. so Conscious, like, oh, I guess I better wash my dirty ass puss before we go out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't understand why she said that. I meant to write that line down. I'm glad you did. I can, yeah. Why did she? Why did she say the thing about the disinfectant? I was so confused because then that was another time where they had the long cut. Yeah. She said it, and then it just focuses on her, <laughs> silent for about 20 <laughs> seconds, and then goes back to Duncan and Star. Uh, Should have just zoomed in, like, yep, I'm a dirty bitch. <laughs> Yeah, it was really weird. Yeah, and I don't understand why he always has the monkey with him constantly. The baboon is always with him. No matter what, it's always on his shoulder, always climbing on him, taking him everywhere. Because we got to sell the audience on the exoticism. Yeah. Yeah, well, then they go down to the basement and meet Sato. The, oh, Sato, uh, he's Japanese, should be pronounced Sato. They call him Sato like he's into Sadomasochism. <laughs> I whip my bitches. <laughs> And, he's and like he goes with this uh, terrible, like, fake Japanese exaggerated accent. He's like, uh, and finery, this. Like, really? <laughs> yeah, Come on. Yeah, he says, like, finery and stuff like that. Uh, he's like the the Q of this movie. If, if yeah. The James Bond, like, if you're familiar with James Bond, he's the 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 cue of this movie. He creates all the gadgets, which aren't all that amazing to begin with. No, I love how he hands him, like, some ninja stars and doesn't even say there's anything special about him. Like, oh, alright, awesome gadget. And then he goes and throws it and does it, like, perfectly. Like, assuming he hasn't done this before, because who really yeah. would? And, the, and like, has, unless they had, like, some kind of, like, guiding thing in them, but they never said that. Just like, oh, here's my gadget. Whoosh. Yeah, and he has, like, the lighter, and it shoots the explosion out of it. But then he goes... <laughs> it shoots and, an explosion. And the last thing he shows, which you think is going to be this amazing thing, he goes, this is a desert eagle. Okay, that's just a normal... I know! <laughs> that's just a normal Here's gun. your gun. Oh, it's my latest gadget. Yeah, I was like, oh. I'm so proud of this one. I picked it up down at the arms market. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, at least, like, a... But, like, what else do you give him, like, a necklace? Oh, this will file through steel, which he does later in the movie, but if it's sharp enough to cut through steel, how's he got his hands on yeah. it to rub it back <laughs> exactly. and forth? And not, like, cut through his fingers long exactly. before the bars. Exactly. I also thought this movie was kind of perfect. We watched this movie, and the most recent Bond movie just came out. And oh, yeah. what a difference, because I went and saw that movie over the weekend, and it was, it was great. I loved every minute of it, but what a difference between that movie and this spy movie. It's just absolutely unreal. And then the one chick when she has the Desert Eagle, she shoots the target in the dick. Yep. Like All over four the place. Times. Yeah, more than that, probably. Yeah. And then Star's just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Why did he zoom in on his face going, ooh? I was like... Bring your bitch in then, man. <laughs> and then when she, when they do the dick shots, they both, uh, Duncan and Tiffany Umbo, look at each other, and they have this little moment, and then it freezes on them and fades fades into the next scene, which is just the shot of this, the headquarters. They do that same shot of the headquarters over and over and over no, again. Establishing shot stock footage. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's just it's just absolutely ridiculous. And then oh, before she's that, talking, before oh. that we, we get our first glimpse of the rebels down there for no reason, who end up joining the cause later. You see, uh, what's her name, played by Flo Hyman, killing a guy over a poker game. But when you cut down to the shitty little town that they're in, El Gato Grande, South America. Not even the country it's attached to, just <laughs> South America, the <laughs> continent. Somewhere in this vast expanse. <laughs> and it doesn't even look like South America, it looks more like somewhere in Mexico. The big cat. Be careful. It's a jungle out there. It literally, it looks like somewhere in Mexico, in like, I don't know, in the in the Old West, like in that time, in that era. You know what I mean? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty it, much. And it reminds me, if anybody's played the game Red Dead Redemption, when you go to Mexico in that game, it's, I literally felt like this is, this is literally taken, well, it wouldn't have been at the time, but like, this is like... This is exactly like in Red Dead Redemption. The town looks very similar. The Mexican characters that show up, well, South American characters that show up later on. They're basically Mexican bandits, like out of uh, yeah. Three Amigos. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. And uh, before, when they were in, they go back to, they show back to Star's office after they do that weird freeze frame thing. And he's on his little secret cigar box radio thing. And she goes, hasta la vista. Yeah. Like, and this was before that even came up in Terminator 2. Like, yeah. we just got to sell the fact that, oh, I'm a secret agent and I know a couple words of Spanish. Ain't I versatile? Yeah, but that was, that's not like a thing people were saying before Terminator 2 was hasta la vista. It's just, <laughs> she's like, hasta la vista. Like, I was like, oh, this is freaking really weird. Uh, she should have gone with a Rima Derchi instead. Yeah. <laughs> and they're supposed to be like these, like, they. he just so happens to look like this German soldier or German whatever from at some point in time. Oh, yeah, they, uh, Star mentions that, oh, we've captured one of the operatives that's supposed to be going down to this meeting. And he Fortunately, he's like, a dead rigger for you. Like, oh, how convenient. Well, <laughs> later on in the movie, Baron mentions, he's like, Duncan Jacks, because apparently this evil Nazi guy knows who Duncan Jacks is. He goes, Duncan Jacks, secret agent and impersonator. <laughs> I was like, oh, he does impressions, eh? 
And literally later on, he does the impression of what is to be the stereotypical gay person. Yeah. Oh, save that for later, though. <laughs> yeah, but like, that'd that was, be jumping ahead too. That far. was just like I was like I was like uh, and and I was like oh well, he's an impersonator. How does he know that he impersonates? He can do impressions. Like what other impressions does Duncan <laughs> Jacks do? But he can apparently play people who look just like him. So when they land to the Nazi camp and they're supposed to be these uh these you know she's supposed to be a Nazi and he's supposed to be a Nazi. The guy tries to trick him with being like, oh, I was at the rally in Chicago in 1981. Oh, wasn't it a great turnout? Oh, the turnout was great, but you're thinking of uh, 1982. The 1981 rally was in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Gotta pass the Nazi shit test to get in here. <laughs> like, really? Like, even if you are, like, a part of this thing, like, how would you know, like, every... Uh... And couldn't they have get If they were guests there, couldn't they have given him some better uh, staying <laughs> stay. The oh. quarters were terrible, and the walls were clearly painted bricks half the time. <coughs> some of it was real, and, ha- and some of it was just painted on like a shitty haunted house. Like the backdrop would be painted. The floor was painted too a lot of times. It was painted on to look like it was brick. Hold on now. Before I let you in, what was the name of the soap opera Michael Keaton got addicted to in Mr. Mom? <laughs> <laughs> Young and the Restless. Okay, they pass. <laughs> yeah, and they show their lab, the Nazi lab, where they're having the doctor do all his work, which is absolutely insane. And the hallway looks like a, something from Star Wars. Yeah. The hallway that the Baron walks through to get to the lab, it literally just looks like something out of Star Wars. shitty sci-fi, just like basic, you know, oh, silvery hallway because that means it's futuristic and sci-fi and high-tech. Yeah, and there's so many weird like cuts right here because they show you the lab real quick and there's a small discussion with Baron and the scientists and it cuts back to the shitty quarters where Duncan and uh, Youngblood are staying. Yeah, they basically take them to a jail cell. Yeah. This is where our honored Nazi guests will be spending yeah. the night. And then they, and they shut them both in the same cell and she's like, oh look, we've got adjoining rooms. Like they literally have adjoining jail cells. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, she just drops all the animosity and like, guess we'll have to make the best of a tight situation. She's yeah, like, and they just start undressing together yeah. to change into their Nazi uniforms. Like, oh, I thought we hated each other. Oh, let's just fuck. Okay. Yeah, okay, we're just gonna have a sex scene now, which we didn't even get to see. <laughs> so low budget we couldn't even do, like, softcore. And and uh, when when they cut back to the lab, they're showing uh, a test fire. A of test fire weapon. of the thing. And what all they do is they take out HBO. They're like, check out this. They show, like, what just looks like a bunch of stars. Like, don't tell me they're gonna fire the super weapon is going to destroy a whole galaxy. <laughs> they're just like, you don't see anything, just like an explosion on the screen. Then they're like, oh, what was that? Oh, we just blew up a comset, but let's just say a bunch of people in America aren't going to have HBO now. <laughs> I was like, damn those bastards. And they're like, oh, but before we do anything else, let's have our big Nazi dinner. And they, So like when they do, they cut it with more of this ADR you're talking about, where they're just talking about the most mundane shit ever. Yeah. Oh, do you remember that a few years ago? Oh my god, yeah, that was, oh man. Uh, and nobody's mouths are moving. Yeah. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> It happens so many times where they're just dumped in, dumped like, in random conversation. They're showing this big long table, which you figure you'll have all these skeezy looking older guys or just creepy looking people in general. And they've got this one Nazi old lady there. She's like, <laughs> Heil Hitler, man. Fuck. <laughs> and that's what we're introduced to Colonel Stryker, which I was like, what is this fucking X Men over here? Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's supposed to be like the super soldier, like, uh, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes. Perfect Nazi type guy, and uh, 
hold on, what does I have here? Oh, and his accent is what I'm talking about earlier with the bad Arnold accents. He is, it sounds like he's trying to do a really bad impression of Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's not German, who's Austrian, which is close enough, I guess, but it sounds absolutely awful. His, I don't know whose accent is worse, his or Ian Hunter's, or Duncan Jack's, or whatever you want to call him. They're both pretty god-awful. And I can't stop laughing at the Baron the whole time because the guy's just such a goofy-looking guy. Yep. He's, like, waddling everywhere and just... Yeah, like you he's said, he's a, basically an older Dom DeLuise with an eye patch. Yeah, he's just a goofy-looking fucking guy. And and after dinner, it's like, okay, we're going to eat this dinner and have some laughs and tell some stories about this striker guy. Oh, does that anybody want to see anything cool? Oh, here's Hitler frozen down here. Yeah, and it's obviously, like, a wax dummy in an iron And that's there's more ADR there because they're like, could it? be? No yeah. way. My God. Is it really him? Oh, no. But the two spies, the whole time, they're like whispering to each other like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, I don't know. Like, oh, oh yeah, we forgot to mention that. That was them that say like, my God, can it be? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> These guys are, they have no idea how to hold a cover like at all. <laughs> yeah, they're saying this in front and of then, everybody else right next to them. And then the Baron like proudly proclaims like, the Fuhrer knows whoever controls space controls the world. How does he know that? It was frozen or died or whatever before the space race even happened. Yeah, and shortly after this, Duncan and Young uh, Tiffany Youngblood get caught. Yeah, they they they're able to sneak out of their cell and sneak right into the main chamber of this weapon thing, and like they're both like facing the same cell. way. Like she's not covering him at all. They just both go in. He just holds up one gun with three armed guys in there and goes free. So they're just like, oh shit, okay. Then Stryker comes up behind him and goes, now you drop the gun. Like, oh, these guys are the worst spies ever. I like how you say cell and the word. We're really talking about where they're staying as their as their guests. Well, I was. They were locked in there. <laughs> yeah. It just goes to show you what Nazi accommodations are like. Better think over that racism, or less you want like the country to be taken over by people that'll lock you in. When Stryker shows up and holds Youngblood hostage, and the music that's playing is like music from like a soap. It's like dun dun dun. <laughs> like it's not your baby, Blake. Ba-da-ba. It's me- music literally like that. Plays so many times throughout yeah, the movie. It's a little, it's a little more excited though. Like soap operas usually didn't get that exciting. Like they're punching it up with like the yeah. the, the electric drums, you know. Yeah. Like on the soaps, it was usually more like a, an organ or piano or something. And then as it went on, they they got a little more. But and anyway. the, and that's when the Baron comes in and he's like, "Oh, Duncan Jack, secret agent impersonator," <laughs> and he's like, "You could take her to these other quarters." Yeah. Oh, of course I, got a I knew special place for him. Agents all along, and like, oh, when they get captured, like Stryker like starts punching him. Like, oh, I get it. He's called Colonel Stryker because he strikes people. <laughs> and this all it instantly reminded me of. Uh, Austin Powers, where Dr. Evil's like, puts Austin Powers in a easily escapable situation, and they even make fun of it in Austin Powers. Yeah. What are you going to do? Put him in an easily escapable situation? And And they literally do that with Duncan Jacks. Yeah. They take him into this room where they're going to flood the room. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is, uh, this is like, uh, cooling our nuclear reactor here, and it... 
we get our water drawn in from the river and we're gonna flood the chamber and drown you unless you tell us what we want to know like why don't you just do it at gunpoint and kill him and no we'll just throw him down there and then he gets to work filing the bars off this thing and like thanks for telling me how I can get out of here <laughs> just file the bars off put in my convenient little scuba diving thing I just put up to my mouth and it gives me how many minutes of air and just swim out against this massive current somehow into the river so like they shut the thing start flooding it and just a couple minutes later he's able to just you know oh, swim on out of here then they open the hatch oh, my god he's disappeared get him striker no really you just told him how to fucking get out of your own fucking death trap <laughs> and and then he just so happens to see guys going by on a dirt bike and he takes one of them out gets on the dirt bike oh first of all first of all this was all happening at night now that he swims up out of the river suddenly it's, it's the middle of the day yeah. the middle of the day not even like sunrise I could have made he bought that nope middle of the day <laughs> yeah he takes out the one the one guy on the bike with his nifty little uh i don't even know what he used there they didn't really show that invention he just this guy he did something with his hand and the guy goes and falls off the yeah. bike i don't know if he was supposed to shoot something at him i was trying to think back and if they had mentioned this gadget prior and they really didn't mention any sort of little like dart type of little gadget really and he just goes off and then the other guy on the bike is starts chasing him and he has the puts that wire across and cuts the guy's fucking head off <laughs> i was just like oh my god that guy's head just got cut off and and then Stryker dies. He ch- Stryker's chasing him in the vehicle when he's on the dirt bike. And then he takes that pen oh, yeah, the lighter yeah, yeah. thing and blows up Stryker. Like, why did they build this guy up for him to die literally yeah. like 15, 20 minutes later? Oh, what did he do? Didn't he like, um... And that's when his gun jammed. Yeah, yeah. That's when he, he like, blew up. He, he gets his... Doesn't he get his, like, bike stuck out in the water? Like, he's, yeah. like, trying to do this jump and ends up, like, jumping into the river yeah. instead. Like, oh, fuck. So then he turns around and, like, you know, Stryker obviously could have killed him, but, oh, fuck, my gun jammed. Then just uses his, like, you know, get-out-of-jail-free, blow-you-up thing. Yeah, and he kills this guy. I was just like, why did they just give us this whole explanation about how he's, like, the super soldier whatever bullshit? And he just blows up never to be seen again for the rest of the entire movie so then then he walks away from that like seemingly unscathed then he walks down like gets caught up in some little stream thing he's like, like feeding into the river and he like he slips and he just like gets swept away by it and he's screaming like a little there bitch was, the whole time there was no reason. he's like whoa 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 there was no reason for him to even slip and fall in the first place. I really don't understand why he did. And then if you're really going to scream like a little bitch about that after all these death traps you've just effortlessly escaped, my God, you are the worst secret agent ever. And the whole time I'm just wondering where the hell Boone is. Because you haven't seen this damn baboon in God knows how long. Who like, I'm like, I'll, I'll just well, I don't know how they're going to smuggle him in on their flight, but you'll see. I assumed, like, I assumed to see him in a little Hitler mustache <laughs> <laughs> doing his little arm oh, thing. Oh, all right. The monkey's on our side. <laughs> Seriously, I wouldn't put it past this movie to do something like that. So when he gets down to the bottom of wherever he's floating down to, he just so happens to run into somebody he knows. Maybe she was from the first movie, but I have a feeling she wasn't. Just, oh, somebody I know in the middle of nowhere. Maxie Ryder! And an army to back me up because I'm such a fucking failure. Awesome! Yeah, Maxie Ryder and then her gang of guys. And she's like, this is Duncan Jacks. You're going to take orders from him now. And the one guy guy goes, who's... Getting the money for this, and then he goes, This guy, 
star. And he goes, <laughs> "We'll do anything we can for you, sir." Like what? They're just gonna—they're just agreeing to this instantly. <laughs> there was no talk of even money, really. No. Nope. And and yeah, we're introduced to Cowboy, the, who has like he was dressed like he's out of literally a western. Who I guess kind of fits where they're at in the moment because they're back in. Uh, yeah, they go from the damn jungle to this town in like what would be Mexico. Yep. El Gato Grande. I don't know how El Gato South Grande America. is in the middle of the jungle because it didn't really fit in. It looked like it was in the middle of a desert. When you were Grande, you fit anywhere, Holmes. Yeah, and we're yeah we're introduced to Hammer, who is this big black guy, <laughs> and I'm just like it's just like this insane band of misfits. It's just this goofy. It's like the Expendables. <laughs> it, the Expendables before the Expendables was the Order of the Black Eagle. They need to get Ian Hunter to be in the next Expendables movie. <laughs> Maybe Expendables like twelve when they can't get anybody else to be in it anymore. Well, he's sixty three now. <laughs> I wonder how that'll work. <laughs> Oh, and also, Duncan Jackson, I forgot to mention this before, he looks like Michael Bolton. Yeah. He definitely looks like Michael Bolton, especially now that Michael Bolton has his hair cut. Oh, I also love when they're introducing the other guys, all of them quite forgettable, by the way, because they get just about no characterization whatsoever. Well, one guy's name is Juice, and he just says, they call me that for no reason. <laughs> I missed that. He literally says that. He's the last guy introduced, and he goes, my name's Juice. I really don't know why to call me that. Uh, I can't really remember much of the other people. <laughs> they were so forgettable. Mm-hmm. They were there. They were just really forgettable. And I just couldn't understand what year it was. I was like, did they time travel at some point? Because it literally <laughs> looked like they went out in the, into the Old West, because then this in, into Mexico or something. Because I just didn't understand where the hell they were. And then I did, and then these uh, Mexican bandits show up. Yeah, out of nowhere, just as soon as they get done yeah. with the introductions, pretty much. And all right, well, we got a blah blah blah. And they just start shooting the place up. Yeah, They're I like, thought oh, it was fuck. Nazis. I was like, oh, the Nazis are shooting. Nope, random Mexican bandits, and you're never and explained to who these guys are. Well, why they're here. You don't know why this guy has this giant mess of mass on his head. He has this like growth, weird gross thing hanging oh, it's down like his a, face. It looked like a burn scar just very poorly done yeah. just to let you know he's such a badass. So after they shoot the place up and everything's still he's just like, now you be good little gringos and bring us your dollars your pesos and your women. Yeah, how do they know they were white inside there? <laughs> I guess unless they had followed them into there and they knew they were hanging out in there. And then all of a sudden here we go. Part of Duncan's amazing oh my impressions. Oh my god! He does. <laughs> he does like a stereotypical impression of a gay man. Yeah, he like purposely like unbuttons his shirt like halfway and uh, comes gets, up like, with a bra a big stick uh, with a white bra on the end. He like, he's like big gay jacks gives his big gay surrender. He's like, <laughs> hey ladies, come on in. It's, yeah, like <laughs> this really southern gay is guy. The most, it's like, really weird. Terrible stereotypical shitty. Oh my god. It was so bad. I was laughing so hard. So then they're just, just like, like, huh? And then everybody else just runs out with their guns and, and starts shooting. shooting. And whenever anybody gets shot, it's like red paint yeah, comes red out of them. paint. Blood squibs everywhere. It's like, red paint, red paint, red paint. It's literally bright. It's it, not even dark. Nobody red would paint. ever mistake this for human blood. Ever. No, it's not even dark red paint. It's bright red yep. paint, like normal, just red paint, like fire hydrant red paint. Yeah, yeah, the kind of red you see on preschooler toys. Yeah. Yeah. And then one guy goes, 
shit. Oh, he goes, some days you just can't make a peso. Yeah. Well, After they, they kill just about all the gang, but they leave the gang leader and one other guy to yeah. comment about that at yeah. the end. And they just stand there. It's one of those long shots again of two guys just standing there saying nothing. Didn't the henchman touch his burn scar too? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> but that was it. He goes, because he says the line about not being able to make a peso. It starts backing away from them long and slow. They're not saying anything. And then the guy touches his burn scar. <laughs> it's like creepy. Well. It was almost like something from Family Guy, like one of those long, like like where like Peter just uh, like going to like like the time where he stuck his finger in his yeah. mouth, like really slow. It reminded me of that, like <laughs> like the guy was just like. Or when he he was like sharpening all his pencils and he like thinks about it and goes to like slowly stick his dick in there. And ah, yeah, it's just like it's really really weird long cuts like that. I just don't even understand. I don't. So, I don't. I don't even understand why the shootout happened. I don't understand where these guys came just from. Just to keep this action packed, I guess. But then after they make their wonderful getaway in this bus, they get stuck in the mud really bad. So they're like, okay. So they like they all get out to push and they're like, no, we gotta push together. Like on three, all right, one, two, three. So they manage to push it out. But then the bus keeps going. How's the bus still going if they're all outside pushing it? And then, worse, they just stand there and watch it roll away from them instead of run to try to catch up and jump in there and stop it. So then it goes off a big hill and gets stuck like that, and there's no way they're going to pull it up and just like, well, I guess we're walking now. I have a huge gripe about this scene when they mention that they're just walking. Okay, one, another long shot when the bus crashes of them just standing there looking at each other, not saying anything, (laughs) and and the one guy's like, counting how many people there are. Okay, they go, we're going to have to walk. I guarantee we're going to encounter headhunters. I was like, yeah. I was like, why do they have to encounter headhunters? Can they not go around these headhunters? <laughs> the next scene... Okay, well, they go back to the Nazi thing for a tiny bit. <coughs> and then the next scene of all the whole gang... They never show them walking. They never show this headhunter stuff. All of a sudden, they're on a fucking boat. Where did they get the boat? Yep, Sato shows up with the baboon on the shitty little boat with a nice speedboat hidden inside it. And they're just all on there. Yeah, but like, where did they get the boat? Like, where did he come from? You know what? I wonder if they just had it in the script. They're going to fight headhunters and be saved by and Sato. They didn't and they like, and we they just didn't, didn't have the budget. Yeah, I literally wrote, down, wrote that down. I go, I guess this. I guess they just didn't shoot this scene they mentioned. <laughs> they like mentioned how they have to walk. Walk and they're going to encounter headhunters. So you assume you're going to at least see them walking. If they, even if they don't encounter the headhunters, oh well, you're going to see them walking for a little while, struggling to get where they need to go. But no, they're just magically on a boat. Yeah, they're, they're just like Sato oh, or we're Sato. still ten miles from the compound. Yeah, and then the, these other boats come up, and it's more ADR. Like pull over, we're coming up to you. We're you getting closer. Allowed in these waters, and they just keep going. We're getting closer to you. We're pulling up on the side of you. <laughs> just stop what you're doing. And instantly, the um, Jax pops out in a ho- fucking hovercraft. Where the fuck did he get a yep, hovercraft? This hydrofoil hovercraft just pops out of there on that. And he has missiles on there, too. But conveniently, he chases everybody around going back and forth for a while before deciding oh. to use those oh, missiles. Oh, yeah. And one of the... Not, one of the uh, were, they the, were those Nazis in those boats? Or who were those people? Because they weren't dressed like the Nazis. They had tan outfits on, but they didn't have anything to signif- signify they were Nazis. I'm probably going to give the filmmakers more credit than they deserve, but maybe... Maybe they're just disguised as local people to not tip people off that they're Nazis. Yeah, I, I, no, I thought maybe those were supposed to be the headhunters. I was like, headhunters <laughs> <laughs> got modern. Yeah. We still want heads, but we want them on our boat. Because I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Look at me holding my shrunken head. I'm on a boat. <laughs> One of the guys who was on a boat, he had so obviously a fake beard. 
Oh, yeah. It was the most obvious, shit-tastic Halloween store, like Spencer's Gifts, fake beard. It was so unbelievably bad. And they didn't even blow up. Their boat just ended up breaking down. <laughs> like, what an anticlimactic thing for this, for the beginning of this chase. Like, I expected, like, all the boats to blow up and be all this explosion shit. No, well, this one boat just happens to break down, and, oh, these guys are, oh, come back, come back. So then after an unnecessary chase where they're basically, like, not even doing anything to each other for the most part, oh, yeah, we got missiles, and then stock footage blow up one of the boats, and then the other one chases them up on the land. They're still able to maneuver this thing on the land perfectly somehow, then turn it around and launch more missiles and blow up the other one in stock footage yeah. in the water. And I, and I came to the... And then they just decide to take off on land in this fucking hydrofoil hovercraft. <laughs> Still, like, yeah, this will go fine. <laughs> this works. Across, like, rough terrain yeah, in a jungle. Yeah. And there just <laughs> happens to be paths Dirt road, over. big tree roots in the way and shit. No, we're good. And I... And I and I realize that not, the Nazis in this movie have worse aim than stormtroopers. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> if they even bother to fire at all. We're running up on a guy, we got a clear shot, no, we can't take it until we're within six inches of him, and then the big black guy will just grab us and throw us and we we'll act like we're dead, yeah. even though he just threw us. It goes us. from that scene where it's day again, and it just, goes to yeah. night. Inexplicably. And then they're infiltrating the camp, and all the other... It must be in Castlevania, game. too. Like, it just happens yeah. just like yeah. that. What a horrible night to have a curse. Yeah, and it just stops and ja- uh-huh. yeah. Duncan Jack says to stop and wait for <laughs> the <laughs> <text> <laughs> to go across. <laughs> and then it turns night. Because it, it happens so instantly. The whole get the whole other gang, aside from Jax and uh what was her name? Maxie Ryder, are infiltrating the whole thing. And the one guy, Bolt, that was the one guy's name, Bolt. He was the guy with the uh Crossbow. Yeah. And he shoots this guy in a tower, and then they zoom in on his face for, and then the other guys get up and run, because he cleared the way with his arrows, and they zoom in on his face, and he just looks at the camera and is like, Smiling, <laughs> smiling, and then he puts another arrow on, and then it goes to the next scene. I was like, "Why did they show that?" It's like they had to they had to buy so much time that they just have all these long, insane shots. And then when Cowboy's shooting people, like he's oh, looking very scared, and the like, music that plays scared while he's shooting people when he's just obviously taking them out as they're running into his field of vision with no idea that he's there. They shoot, they show his face pretty close, and he's just like frightened the whole time. Yeah, and they and he and the music they. Play when he's shooting people, like bum ba da ba ba, bum ba da ba 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 ba, and then they show Hammer who can just toss people around, beat people with burlap sacks with nothing in them, and slam people to the ground and everything. Everybody else them. is shooting and killing their opponents. This guy's just picking somebody up and throwing them, and they just lay. On he the does end like up getting dead. a gun eventually. Yeah, at the end, but most of the fight, he's just. Kicking, punching, throwing, flipping. And then when they're just shooting stuff, all of a sudden all these tents just start blowing up. Yeah, they're just like, oh, they're here. Yeah. And then all and then they're just shooting guns. That 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 um small dick guy, whatever, he's not he don't show him blowing anything up. All these tents just start blowing up. Yeah. Like from gunfire. Like, <laughs> you can just blow up tents from gunfire. It's just absolutely insane. And then so many explosions just start going off. He starts throwing grenades. They almost end up killing the one guy. It looked like they almost killed him on for like in real life. The one dude <laughs> juice. He's running while they're all running away, and an explosion goes off. And you can tell by his expression that it did wasn't. He was too close to the explosion. 
explosion because he's just running the opposite way really quickly, and the explosion goes off, and he's like, looks has this really worried face on. I was like, yeah, they probably almost just killed this guy because <laughs> I don't think he was supposed to be there. And then in the middle of all this, you find out that Sato's shitty boat turns into a tank somehow, and the baboon is driving it into battle. Yeah. And firing the weapons. Yeah, he has the fucking baboon. <sighs> Drive the tank. And while all this is going on, Jax is inside trying to get the scientists out of there and blow up their satellite dish, or their laser instead of shit, and he ends up spearing the Baron, whose gun also, like, kind of misfires, and he doesn't shoot him for... He doesn't, he has so many well, opportunities to shoot Darren Jax and just doesn't shoot him. Well, first the Baron's got the gun on him, and he has to do the stupid, typical villain gloating thing, and then Jax is just like, well... The sporting thing to do would be to tell me how to stop you anyway, even though there's no chance of me doing it. Okay, sure. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, thanks. I'll kill you now. What the fuck, shit break? <laughs> and Jax, there just so happens to be a spear on the wall. Yeah, that I can just spear you into and spear you and you die. Like, oh, now that I know I need your handprint. Then he only cuts off one finger. When you see on the machine, there's a handprint for two people. I only have a finger, but somehow it'll work. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand um, the whole spear thing, where that came from. And then he goes into the cryo chamber and opens it up on Hitler. And apparently, when you're cryogenically frozen, when when you die or whatever, when you're cryogenically frozen, your skull starts to explode out of your face. Yeah, the his face starts to crack, and it, like he starts bleeding. Then like his. Freaky fake skull just starts forcing its way And it's way like up. the worst, like sh- like stuffed animal, like fake oh, yeah. skull coming out. It's so I shitty. thought at first that like his all his skin was gonna come off and he was gonna get up and get out and walk. I know. And I was like, like zombie guy. Hitler. Like he yeah. thought it was done, but I wanted to see zombie Hitler rise from the ashes of this. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I I know if you're cryogenically frozen, if like exposed to normal temperatures, your body will suffer damage from that. I don't know how extreme it would be, but it certainly wouldn't be like. Instantaneous, yeah, like that. yeah, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, it definitely wouldn't happen like that. But then he goes and he finds the scientist and he finds Kurtz, Dr. Kurtz. How did Jax know that he was gonna need a finger to activate to deactivate the laser? It doesn't matter, he's Duncan Jax, he's always right. He cut off the Baron's finger because he knew that he was gonna need a finger. He said handprint though, so why didn't he cut off his hand or both of them and take them with just in case? No, yeah. I got one finger. I don't know if it's the right finger, but I'm good. And then the one guy just just destroys his own hand. He's like, oh, I need your handprint too. He's like, no. So after, you know, he he loses the fight, he just sticks his hand down like this steam vent and just like melts it off. Like, Yeah, really? I didn't know what he was sticking his this, hand in necessarily. Like, is he supposed to be sticking it in? I don't know if like, it was some sort of lava. It couldn't have been like radiation because that just would have been leaking out yeah. everywhere. But like, oh my God, like, shh. <laughs> and then that guy has the most brutal death of all of them. Yeah. He's not even really the main bad guy. He barely has any lines in the whole movie. He oh. gets shot to shit by the scientist. The scientist fucking lights that fucker <laughs> up. Like, eight shots in the back and he's all bloody. Well, why not? You know, I'd be pissed if somebody kidnapped me. That's true. And he was going to shoot at Jackson. He was climbing up the machine to destroy it. So it was necessary. And then they blow all this shit up and then they just leave. <laughs> they just like kind of just walk away. Well, I love when or when Jax is trying to enter there. Like uh, the demolitions guy, like throws a grenade to blow up a guy guarding the door so he can get in. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like special delivery from Small Dick. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after or, that, they, or Small Dick from Special like, Delivery. They 
They give themselves no leeway to get out of here. They don't mention there's a countdown to let you know, like, oh, this thing's about to fire. Like, it's going to fire sometime soon. Not necessarily in the next 30 seconds, but they give themselves they, no leeway to get out. The thing starts blowing up when Jax is only, like, a few feet from the entrance. They could and, have, like, uh, it's small explosions at first, but then the whole thing goes up. Like, yeah, he would have survived that, only getting out of there now. They could have had a countdown guy, like, in Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah. And, like, somebody else 30. was helping the doctor guy out, and they obviously didn't get out before it blew up, but they act like they did anyway. Yeah, and then they all just meet up in the jungle, like, in a, off in the distance, and they're like, well, we did it. And they hug, and <laughs> then they have a long shot of them all just walking away. Who would ever believe this happened? Yeah, huh, boys? yeah. Oh, don't worry, I stole Hitler's cross off of his frozen body, which should have, like, damaged my hand to God knows how fucking bad touching something that cold, but no, yeah. I got it. It's He's good. like, no one would ever believe this. No one. So, you want Hitler's cross? <laughs> oh, you. Yeah. And then they're just partying on the boat. Or, well, they're not really, they're not really partying, but there's more ADR sounds that makes it sound like they're partying, and then when it cuts to the boat, they're really all just hanging out on the boat. They're not really partying or doing anything. And then when he offers to Maxie Ryder, so, want to come back with me? And she, I just noticed how, like, perfectly kept she was in the jungle. Like, civilization? No, I can do my hair and makeup just fine here. Okay, when they're all on the boat. And Maxi Ryder's on the boat with them and Tiffany Youngblood. I literally thought there was going to be a three-way. Yeah. Because they make a couple, like, you know, like, references to, like, sexually, sexual uh, references between yeah. the three of them. Yeah. And he goes, let's go get some warm, uh, let's go get some warm air. Because yeah. he's like, it's getting too crowded. And they show J- Jack, and then they show Tiffany, and I was waiting for Maxie to follow behind. I was like, yeah. holy shit, Duncan yeah. Jack's three-way. And I was like, no, shit, damn it. I was like, just well, when I thought Duncan Jack's was the coolest guy ever. But almost, almost good enough, they find, for some reason, an entire hot air balloon tucked in the, the tiny deck beneath this ship and decided to open up the doors and set the thing up and sure it'll just blow yeah. up and lift and out she makes a, she makes a joke about him getting it up she's like hope you can keep it up yeah like <laughs> and then, yeah and then somebody else when they're going up in the air there well somebody goes you're gonna keep it up or don't don't let it get down or and something somebody like that. else is like oh that's government property jacks damn you you can't do that yeah I couldn't even understand what he was saying you know, like, was if so you want to take off and fuck this bitch fine but you don't need to do it in a hot air balloon you're probably gonna get shot down by some hostile South American forces or a, a Nazi they didn't kill or something because yeah. I, I mean they could have left a couple of them alive who knows but then when they're showing the hot air balloon they show everybody's reaction individually to the hot air balloon going up. Like, and they're all just like, ooh, ah, ha, 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 he, he, he. And then the whole mo- the movie ends with the Duncan and Tiffany just laughing in the hot air balloon with champagne and while somebody's just, yelling they, or star is yelling at them. They freeze frame on the balloon and just let the credits roll with their awesome 80s riffic camp music. I was really waiting for there to be a cliffhanger ending. Like, like after the I credits know. or midway through the credits, like, they show a scene of, like, Hitler really alive yep. or something Zombie like Hitler. that. And then nothing. That would have been the thing to do, but no. Just absolute nothing. They only had a two-picture deal, I guess. Oh, and we mentioned before the Polo, Polo Players Incorporated or whatever. LTD. Polo Players Limited had produced this movie, and... There's a scene where they're playing polo in this movie. Yeah. She's like, they just so had, they just had to add this in there just for the hell of it, oh, I Oh, we got to sell fake British, so we'll throw some polo in there, and that counts, right? Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. This movie was just, it was just absolutely 
ridiculous. It was strange. Again, I'm a little a little disappointed coming off the wonderful high that was Mac and me, but it, it was still funny. It definitely had me laughing out loud at some points. Just, it just wasn't the laugh riot I'd hoped for. No, I mean I did get some laughs. I think it was funnier talking about it than watching. Yeah, it. yeah. It was definitely yeah. I got a bigger kick out of uh, much like Land of Doom. I think. Yeah, no, that was definitely a movie that you know. Uh, talking about it afterwards was uh, for sure. So that was The Order of the Black Eagle for episode 5. Uh, I definitely, if you love B action movies uh, of the 80s, I think you'll definitely get a kick out of this. It, it is it is pretty bad, but it, it's it's hilarious and there's, if you love explosions and cheesy dialogue and you know, semi-hot women... <laughs> Uh, the one is. I, I wouldn't say that about Tiffany. Maybe in the right in the right light. Oh, you mean with the right beer goggles? Yeah, there you go. So yeah, check out Order of the Black Eagle. The poster alone sold me uh, to, to see this movie and throw it on my instant queue. So next week our movie is going to be uh, per Dan's request. He's been wanting to do it for a while. I don't believe it's available on Netflix, but it definitely is available for free on YouTube, I'm sure, in parts or something like that. I... It's re- easily available. If nothing else, you could easily pick it up in those uh, cheap combo packs at Walmart, Target, and such, like Nightmare on Elm Street 1 through 4, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 through 8. I'll just yeah. get 1 through 4 because we're doing 2. Yeah. So, yeah, next week our movie is going to be the overly homosexual... Uh, I don't know. The movie is... It, it's beyond me to the, how this is ever a sequel to Nightmare on Elm Street. How do you go from that to this... It, we'll, I mean, we'll just we'll get into it next week. It's it's insane. I haven't watched it in a while, actually, so it'll be nice to watch Jesse and his wonderful exploits in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Two: Freddy's Revenge. It is definitely. I mean, those movies do get goofy and cheesy as they go on, and there'll be movies on in their own sort of way uh, while being mainstream at the same time. But this one definitely takes a cake as probably the worst one and the most interesting one to say the least uh, so yeah next week Nightmare on Elm Street 2 Freddy's Revenge watch it I'm sure you can find it on YouTube if you can't find it uh, anywhere else oh one thing that was mentioned to me mentioned to us uh, via our Facebook page was from a friend of the show Ian he mentioned that maybe we should do a like type of Netflix suggestion uh, of the week like, because he said, I'm always just trying to find something on Netflix. I can never decide what to find. Mm. So maybe if we threw out their uh, Netflix suggestion. We don't really have anything prepared this week. Oh, no, no. I got one. Pool Boy, Drowning oh, Out yeah, the, the Fury. There you go. Pool Boy, Drowning Out the Fury. With Kevin Sorbo and Danny Trejo. And, uh, and plenty I, of other cameos. Yeah, that movie is absolutely hilarious. I would I'd definitely throw that out there as a recommendation. It's bad and B, but it does it on purpose and it executes it all wonderfully. If, but if we're going to both do one, like Dan could say Pool Boy, I would throw there if you've never seen the in-betweeners it's not a movie it's a tv series from the bbc check out the in-betweeners uh see series one and two are on netflix so definitely check those out hopefully they'll have three up eventually and i think they're they should hopefully be putting out the movie here soon hopefully yeah i think you could be able to buy them blu-ray and dvd and stuff Uh uh-uh not last i checked not legally anyway on amazon because they were they had it those might have been region two copies i think because they, they purposely they put it out in theaters early this fall, and it never made it here. It was basically just on the coasts and not anywhere else. Yeah. So I, w- 
I don't think they put it out yet officially, unless they snuck it in there recently. So yeah, maybe every week. Maybe we'll do it more towards the beginning or something. I don't know where we'll put it at, but we'll maybe give you you guys a Netflix suggestion, like recommendation of the week. And they don't won't necessarily be B movies, uh, especially if we're going to cover them. We'll probably not mention them on here. But so next week. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Uh, can't wait for the insanity that is that movie because it's just absolutely... I, like I said, I can't understand how do you go from that to that. Like, the first one to the second one. It's a weird... It's like it's like going from point A to point M. It's like... it's. Oh, this is what happens when you're a sleazy studio exec and you want to make something into a series when the original creator didn't want it that way anyway and then piss him off enough to not have him be involved anymore and oh I guess we'll have to get somebody else in their wacko vision and then you get you get this <laughs> yeah you get this and just like that it's a franchise now <laughs> the uh, Wes Craven came back for the third one so it's kind of flipped around but for B movie breakdown I'm Corey I'm DRC and be good little gringos and bring us your dollars, your pesos, and your women, man. Be movie breakdown at the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown at the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown at the best of the worst. Be movie breakdown. At the best of the worst.